Bibles and turn to Ezekiel. First of all, chapter 26, going to read 1 to 13, and then we're going to go to 28, 1 to 19, and again, I encourage you to keep it open as we make our way through these verses and the overview of these chapters. Ezekiel 26, pride goes before destruction, the death of Tyre. And it came to pass in the eleventh year, on the first day of the month, that the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, because Tyre has said against Jerusalem, Aha, she has broken who was the gateway of the peoples. Now she has turned over to me. I shall be filled. She has laid waste. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Tyre. It will cause many nations to come up against you as the sea causes its waves to come up. And they shall destroy the walls of Tyre and break down her towers. I will also scrape her dust from her and make her like the top of a rock. It shall be a place for spreading nets in the midst of the sea. For I have spoken, says the Lord God. It shall become plunder for the nations. Also her daughter villages which are in the fields shall be slain by the sword, then they shall know that I am the Lord. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will bring against Tyre from the north, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, king of kings, with horses, with chariots, and with horsemen, and an army with many people. He will slay with the sword your daughter villages in the fields. He will heap up a siege mound against you, build a wall against you, and raise a defense against you. He will direct his battering rams against your walls, and with his axes he will break down your towers. Because of the abundance of his horses, their dust will cover you. Your walls will shake at the noise of the horsemen, the wagons, the chariots, when he enters your gates as men enter a city that has been breached. With the hooves of his horses, he will trample all your streets. He will slay your people by the sword, and your strong pillars will fall to the ground. They will plunder your riches and pillage your merchandise. They will break down your walls and destroy your pleasant houses. They will lay your stones, your timber, and your soil in the midst of the water. I will put an end to the sound of your songs, and the sound of your harps shall be heard no more. I will make you like the top of a rock. You shall be a place for spreading nets, and you shall never be rebuilt, for I, the Lord, have spoken, says the Lord God. And now please turn just over a page or two in your Bibles to chapter 28. Chapter 28. The word of the Lord came to me again, saying, Son of man, say to the prince of Tyre, Thus says the Lord God, because your heart is lifted up, and you say, I am a God. I sit in the seat of gods in the midst of the seas, yet you are a man and not a god, though you set your heart as the heart of a god. Behold, you are wiser than Daniel. There is no secret that can be hidden from you. With your wisdom and your understanding, you have gained riches for yourself and gathered gold and silver into your treasuries. By your great wisdom and trade, you have increased your riches, and your heart is lifted up because of your riches. Therefore, Thus says the Lord God, 
because you have set your heart as the heart of a God. Behold, therefore, I will bring strangers against you, the most terrible of all nations, terrible of the nations, and they shall draw their swords against the beauty of your wisdom and defile your splendor. They shall throw you down into the pit, and you shall die the death of the slain in the midst of the seas. Will you still say before him who slays you, I am a God? But you shall be a man and not a God in the hands of him who slays you. You shall die the death of the uncircumcised by the hand of aliens, for I have spoken, says the Lord God. Behold, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre, and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the sardius, topaz, and diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within, and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God. I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. You defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your trading. Therefore, I brought fire from your midst. It devoured you, and I turned you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you. All who knew you among the peoples are astonished at you. You have become a horror and shall be no more forever. So far, the reading of God's holy word. May 24, 1941. In the cold waters of the North Atlantic, four great battleships were about to engage in a life-and-death struggle. Two British battleships against two German battleships. The Hood and the Prince of Wales against two of Germany's mightiest warships, Bismarck and Prince Eugen. 5.58 a.m., 13 miles from the Bismarck, the Hood opened fire against the two approaching ships, but missed. Shortly thereafter, the British Hood, at 6.01, received a terrible hit from the Bismarck. A shell penetrated deep within the hull and detonated her main ammunition supplies. Suddenly, an eerie explosion, like a huge red tongue shot four times the height of the ship, and the ship was fatally damaged. It lurched and began to roll. Within minutes... The hood broke in two and began to sink. By 6.03, the hood had sunk, taking with her 1,418 crew. Only three men survived. 
The HMS Hood was the most celebrated vessel in the British Navy. The 860-foot vessel was said to be the most beautiful and was believed by many to be unsinkable. Her destruction stunned the British public. How could it be that the pride and joy of England, their pride and joy could sink into the cold waters of the North Atlantic in a matter of minutes? How could it be that 1,418 men could be pulled down with their vessel in a matter of minutes? The hood sank in less than three minutes. What a terrible disaster it was. The pride and joy of the British Navy had broken in two and gone down. The unsinkable had sunk. Congregation in Ezekiel 27, the Lord compared Tyre, the city of Tyre, to a great ship. It was a splendid ship, well-built, impressive, and luxurious. Planks of fir, the mast a cedar from Lebanon. Oars of oak, planks of inlaid ivory, sails of fine embroidered linen, and deck awnings of blue and purple. Tyre was a beautiful ship, impressive and luxurious. But God said to Ezekiel, that beautiful, well-built, impressive ship is doomed to sink. Tyre thought of herself as unsinkable. But Ezekiel said, by the Spirit of God, that great ship filled with every conceivable type of merchandise is going to sink, leaving all who observe the terrible tragedy in a state of shock and disbelief. The unsinkable is going to sink. Today, I want to give you an overview of Ezekiel 26 to 28, where the prophet speaks about the future of Tyre and the utter destruction that is coming upon her. I've entitled our message, Pride Goes Before Destruction, the Death of Tyre. I want us to ponder three things. It was a city blessed by God, a city defiant of God, a city condemned by God. When you read these three chapters and study the history of Tyre, it's not difficult to see that it was a city that was materially blessed by the Lord. Tyre was an important Phoenician city, the capital. Sidon, the second largest city of, of Phoenicia, was about 25 miles north of Tyre on the Mediterranean coast. The two cities are often mentioned together, as you probably remember, Tyre and Sidon, Tyre being the more prominent. Tyre was located on the Mediterranean coast, approximately 100 miles northwest of Jerusalem. At the time of the prophet Ezekiel, it was incredibly rich. It had become the commercial hub of the ancient Middle East. They were extremely successful merchant traders. Tyre was made up of seafaring people. They traded with almost every possible nation. You can find a list of the nations with whom they traded in chapter 27, verses 12 to 23. Tyre was truly the center of the commercial world. Every kind of merchandise came through the ports of that city. Going through these chapters, you read of silver, gold, Iron, tin, lead, bronze, ivory, tusks, ebony, turquoise, 
purple fabric, embroidered work, fine linen, coral and rubies, wheat, honey, oil and balm, wine, wool, blankets, lambs, rams and goats, spices, precious stones, and rugs. Tyre was incredibly wealthy. Incredibly wealthy. Now, perhaps you'll recall how Tyre had at one time been on good terms with the nation of Israel. Remember that? If you go back to the time of King David, more than 400 years before this prophecy of Ezekiel, you read of how Hiram, king of Tyre, loved David, 1 Kings 5.1. He admired and respected him greatly. According to 2 Samuel 5, he sent cedar trees, carpenters, and masons to build David's own house. He had a genuine appreciation for his noble and godly character. After David's death, Hiram, king of Tyre, continued the relationship with David's son Solomon, and Hiram was the one who supplied the lumber for the building of the temple. In 2 Chronicles 2, there is a letter from Hiram to Solomon, in which Hiram even acknowledged the power of Yahweh. He wrote these words to Solomon, listen. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who made heaven and earth, for he has given King David a wise son, endowed him with prudence and understanding, who will build a temple for the Lord and a royal house for himself. Blessed be Yahweh of Israel. It seems as though David must have openly shared his faith with Hiram and taught him about the God of Israel. Whether Hiram completely embraced the faith, we do not know, but he certainly respected the convictions of David and did not mock the God of Israel. He honored David and Solomon and willingly contributed to the building of God's temple in Jerusalem. And children, do you recall what was said in the previous message about God's promise to Abraham? I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. Hiram blessed the descendants of Abraham and consequently Tyre was blessed. Hiram brought God's blessing upon his people. And now, 400 years later, Tyre was the center of the commercial world. A rich, thriving, booming, prosperous place, reaping enormous profits from international sea trade. Tyre was also well fortified because of its location. You see, part of the city was built on the coast of the Mediterranean Sea, but the other part of the city was built on a coastal island which was linked to the mainland by a causeway. Because it was surrounded by the sea, it was very difficult to capture. It was easy to defend against invasion. Because of its great ships, prosperous trade, and military security, the people of Tyre felt that they would always be rich and could never perish. They would never fall. In many ways, Tyre at the time of Ezekiel was like Canada and the United States today. Despite poor leadership, we are nations that have become incredibly wealthy. 
Thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of merchandise and packaged foods can be found in our landfill sites, unused and unopened. Sometimes products that are overstocked or difficult to sell are simply dumped and buried. The things that we throw out are astonishing, despite all the rhetoric of being green. We waste food, we waste resources, we waste so much. The things that can sometimes be found in our dumps indicate just how rich we really are. Of course, there are poor and homeless people as well, but I'm speaking of the general state of North America. Our homes are comfortable and spacious, filled with modern conveniences, from microwave ovens to electric blankets, from internet access to computer games. We have televisions, we have movie streaming, we have cell phones and comfortable furniture. We have it all today. We drive beautiful cars, both heated and air-conditioned. We spend multiple millions of dollars on entertainment, sports, movies, restaurants, fast food, junk food, Tim Hortons. And then having eaten too much, we go on to spend millions of dollars on fitness clubs, dieting, bodybuilding, and surgical alterations. Our grocery stores seem to stock about 30 varieties of cereal, from sugar-coated and chocolate-coated to whatever you may possibly want. Young men and women have so much leisure time and wealth that they color their hair, tattoo their bodies, and pierce their lips. Some previous generations simply would not have the time to do such things or even to think about them. As far as military security is concerned, we have the United States of America to protect us, the great superpower with its highly advanced state-of-the-art military equipment. Many Canadians and Americans seem to think that life will always go on this way. We will always be well off and we will never perish. Yes, there may be the odd terrorist attack, but we will never fall. Brothers and sisters, that was Tyre at the time of Ezekiel. Wealth, comfort, success, entertainment, security, and military readiness, they could hardly ask for more. Chapter 28 describes the king of Tyre as being rich with gold and silver. It even describes him as living in a virtual paradise, like the Garden of Eden. He was covered with the finest jewelry. Every precious stone belonged to him. The sardius, topaz, and diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. Ezekiel 28 compares the king of Tyre to Adam in the garden. A peaceful, wonderful existence surrounded by the sound of beautiful musical instruments. The king is almost described as an untouchable. He was like Satan before his fall, beautiful, wise, powerful, and exceptionally talented. Congregation, who made Tyre so prosperous? Who made the king of Tyre like a glorious angel? Who made him like Adam in the Garden of Eden? Deuteronomy 8 verse 18 says, It is God who gives you power to get wealth 
1 Samuel 2, 7 also says, The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and lifts up. 1 Chronicles 29, 12 repeats, Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. The Lord made Tyre prosperous. He made its king glorious like an angel, like Adam in paradise. Isn't it also the Lord who made Canada and the United States prosperous? It's not because of our brilliance that our standard of living is so much higher than many other nations of the world. It's not because of our skill. It's not because of our ambition. It's not because of our diligence. It is God who gives you power to get wealth. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. But notice, secondly, that although Tyre was a city blessed by God, it nevertheless became a city defiant of God. A city defiant of God. When Hiram was king of Tyre in the days of David and Solomon, he respected the one true God of Israel. As he supplied lumber for the temple and showed kindness to the house of David, he was honoring the Lord. We don't know with absolute certainty, but it's very possible that he understood the promises of the gospel and the promise of a Savior through the house of David. Some of the statements made by Hiram seem to point in that direction. But sadly, that was not the case for the king of Tyre at the time of Ezekiel. They did not honor the descendants of Abraham, the house of David, or the one true God of Israel. They had no regard whatsoever for the messianic promises or for the temple at Jerusalem where the gospel of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ was displayed. Look with me, please, in your Bibles to chapter 26, verses 1 through 3. Chapter 26, 1 through 3. And it came to pass in the eleventh year, on the first day of the month, that the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, because Tyre has said against Jerusalem, Aha! She is broken, who is the gateway of the peoples. Now she is turned over to me. I shall be filled. She is laid waste. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Tyre. Verse 1 gives a date for this prophecy, the 11th year on the first day of the month, which is just a few weeks after the fall of Jerusalem and the destruction of its temple. Ezekiel's prophecies of judgment against Judah recorded in the first 24 chapters have come to pass. Ezekiel was right. Jerusalem has been laid waste. And the people of Jerusalem have been carried away. The timbers that Hiram had provided for the temple had been reduced to ashes. Jerusalem, the city of God, lay in ruins. Instead of mourning the destruction of Jerusalem and its temple, Tyre delighted in it. It was to their advantage. For now Judah would no longer be an economic rival to Tyre. Jerusalem's fall had opened a door to easier trade. <clears throat> Judah had controlled certain trade routes. With the death of Jerusalem, Tyre would profit from those routes. Verse 2 says, 
Aha, she is broken, who was the gateway of the peoples. Now she is turned over to me. I shall be filled. Tyre evaluated the situation in pragmatic terms. Jerusalem's destruction meant more money in their own pockets, more colorful rugs in their homes, more sparkling jewelry. Congregation, the attitude of Tyre is typical of so many people also today. The economy is number one. My wallet, my bank account, my wealth, my fine house and possessions, my furniture and colorful rugs. Material advancement is often more important than spiritual treasures. Success in business, farming, Investments, housing sales, importing goods, financial advancement is for many people more important than spiritual riches. Success for many is number one. How many people are determined to claw their way to the top, even if it means compromising their integrity? compromising the truths of Scripture, compromising their marriage and family, neglecting the gospel of Jesus Christ, and losing their own soul? Jesus warned about this, didn't he, in Matthew chapter 6 when he said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. By celebrating the destruction of Jerusalem, the people of Tyre were putting earthly treasures above spiritual treasures and disregarding the gospel of Christ, the Messiah who would come from the house of David. Dear friends, it's very easy to fall into that trap. Ezekiel 26 verse 13 tells us that Tyre was filled with songs and the sounds of musical instruments. They were committed to the good life. Eat, drink, and be merry. Sing, laugh, dance, and party. And isn't that precisely what we see in our cities and towns today? Love of pleasure, entertainment, partying, music, singing, laughing, and dancing. The concern for spiritual truths is largely absent, and the needs of the soul are sadly neglected. Congregation, one of the main problems in Tyre was what? The sin of human pride. The sin of human pride. Look with me to chapter 27, verse 3b. Chapter 27. Verse 3b. O Tyre, you have said, I am perfect in beauty. Stop there. What would you think of a woman who looks at herself in the mirror and says, Sheila, you are perfect in beauty? What would you think of such a woman? Wouldn't you say that woman is puffed up with pride? She thinks far too highly of herself? Well, that's what Tyre was like. Their success, money, and possessions made them say, I am perfect in beauty. The problem was their beauty was not spiritual beauty. 
They were proud of their accomplishments, but they were not right with God. I knew an immigrant who came to Canada as a young man with only a few dollars in his pocket. He worked hard and eventually built up a thriving business. By the time he was in his 70s, he was doing extremely well financially. But what saddened me about this man was that all he seemed to talk about was his accomplishments, what he had done. Although he was a professing Christian, rarely did he talk about the Lord. You didn't hear him giving glory to God. You didn't hear him talking about the gospel. You didn't hear him rejoicing in the love, mercy, and goodness of Jesus. The most important subjects seemed to be money, money, and money. Business, success, and progress. He wanted people to know how well he had done over the years. Such an attitude, congregation, is pride, human arrogance. The pride of Tyre was most blatantly obvious in her king. Go with me, please, to chapter 28 and verse 1. Chapter 28 and verse 1. The word of the Lord came to me again, saying, Son of man, say to the prince of Tyre, Thus says the Lord God, Because your heart is lifted up, because your heart is proud, and you say, I am a God. I sit in the seat of gods in the midst of the seas. Yet you are a man and not a god, though you set your heart as the heart of a god. Now move down to verse 6. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have set your heart as the heart of a god. Then move further down to verse 12b. 12b. You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. Verse 15, you were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within and you sinned. Verse 17, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. Brothers and sisters, the king of Tyre proudly made the claim that he was a god. Like Adam in the garden, he believed the lie, you shall be as God, and fell into terrible sin. And like Satan, who wanted to rise to the level of God and lost his place of glory through sinful pride, so the king of Tyre thought that he could rise to the level of a god and receive the honor and praise of a god. Verses 12 through 17, they're very interesting, aren't they? They have some comparisons that immediately bring to mind Adam in the garden and Satan when he fell from God's favor. Adam and Satan were at one time perfect. The seal of perfection. They were perfect from the day they were created, verse 15. But because their hearts were lifted up with pride, because they thought they could stand in the place of the Almighty, because they defied the Lord, they lost their position of honor and privilege. You can hardly read verses 12 through 17 without thinking of Adam and Satan. Adam had everything, yet he fell. Satan had everything, yet he fell. 
They fell from a perfect existence. They were puffed up with pride. Congregation, behind the defiant pride of the king of Tyre, we see Satan at work. As he caused Adam to believe the lie, so he caused the king of Tyre to believe the lie. You shall be as God. The proud king reflected the image of Satan, putting himself above God. And the people of Tyre went along with it. What we see here is a spiritual conflict in which the enemy had deceived the hearts and minds of the people of Tyre and its leadership. Instead of believing in the one true God of Israel, they believed the lie of Satan, you shall be as God. People of God, don't we see that same defiant pride today? Aren't there many who are playing God? Aren't there many who deny the authority of Scripture and set themselves up as the highest authority? Don't we see scientists, doctors, politicians, university professors who boast of their achievements and acknowledge no one higher than themselves? Don't we see people in places of authority who have believed the devil's lie, you shall be as God? Yes, Satan is busy today working in the hearts of men, women, and children so that they Think as he thinks and act as he acts. When our politicians make decisions that are contrary to God's word, are they not saying, we sit in the seat of God's? Are their hearts not filled with pride and defiance? When doctors ignore what scripture says and perform abortions, are they not saying, we sit in the seat of God's? Are they not playing God? When scientists set aside God's word and promote the theory of evolution, are they not saying, we sit in the seat of God's? Are their hearts not lifted up? When judges break down godly values based on Scripture and set up their own standard for the nation based on man's reason, are they not saying, we sit in the seat of God's? When the entertainment industry creates movies that are contrary to God's truth, movies that draw our eyes but poison our souls, are they not saying we sit in the seat of God's? When the leadership in churches, when the leadership in churches deny the authority and sufficiency of Scripture, are they not putting themselves in the place of God? Congregation, as Satan rejected the authority of God, and as Adam rejected the authority of God, and as the people of Tyre exalted themselves in God's place, so there are many today who have believed the devil's lie, you shall be as God. The problem of Tyre is a modern problem, human pride. Let me ask you, does it live in your heart? How does it express itself? Does it direct your life? Has your success produced arrogance?
Well, what does God say about human pride? Proverbs 16, 18, you know it well, says pride goes before destruction. In a haughty spirit before a fall. Because of their arrogance, Tyre was a city condemned by God. Point number three, a city condemned by God. In chapter 26, the Lord said, Because you have rejoiced over the death of Jerusalem, behold, I am against you, O Tyre. I will cause many nations to come up against you. Go to chapter 26, verse 4, please. Chapter 26, verse 4. And they shall destroy the walls of Tyre and break down her towers. I will also scrape her dust from her and make her like the top of a rock. Now, the name Tyre means rock. The island just off the coast upon which part of the city was built, the island that was linked to the mainland by a causeway was like a large rock. It was about a mile long and half a mile wide. God said, I'm going to return your beautiful island city back to its original state, a bare rock jutting from the sea, nothing more than a bare rock. Tyre would be brought to its knees in defeat. They rejoiced over the death of God's city. They were selfish, greedy, and materialistic. They worshiped themselves and robbed God of His glory. And the Lord said, Behold, I am against you, O Tyre. Nebuchadnezzar is going to come with his horses and chariots. He will batter your walls, break down your towers, slay your people with a sword, plunder your riches, pillage your merchandise, destroy your houses, and cast your stones and timber into the water. And look at chapter 26, verse 13. 26, verse 13. I will put an end to the sound of your songs, and the sound of your harp shall be heard no more. The streets of Tyre that were filled with music, singing, and entertainment would be silent, completely silent. And the city would never be rebuilt. The beautiful, wealthy, bustling, commercial hub of the ancient world would be nothing more than a place of dry rocks. Behold, I am against you, O Tyre. Pride goes before destruction. Chapter 27 is called A Lamentation for Tyre. It's a funeral song. It's a funeral song. In verses 5 through 9 of chapter 27, Tyre was described as a great ship. Beautiful, strong, unsinkable. But God said, the beautiful ship is going to sink. And the most tragic part of it all is that God said of the king of Tyre, the representative of the people, you shall die the death of the uncircumcised. Chapter 28, verse 10, you shall die the death of the uncircumcised. What does that mean? To die the death of the uncircumcised is to die under God's judgment without grace, without Christ, without forgiveness without cleansing, without hope, without heaven. 
It is to die outside the covenant. Without a relationship with God, it is to die the death of an unbeliever. Tyre, that beautiful, strong, luxurious ship sank into the pit of hell. Because they rejected God's people and exalted themselves, they sank as uncircumcised, unbelieving, unsaved. Because they had no relationship with God, they sank into an eternity under His wrath. Had they followed in the footsteps of Hiram, had they followed in the footsteps of Hiram and honored the house of David, it could have been otherwise. But they put their trust in man and their hope in riches. To make money, they even sold slaves and treated them cruelly. And the Lord said, Tyre, you will die the death of the uncircumcised. Dear friends, is there a message here for us today? You bet there is. Is this merely a, a record of ancient history, or does God have something to say to you and to me? He certainly does. If we trust in man, hope in riches, do not worship and serve the Lord from the heart and give glory to Him if we live only for the here and now, if we think that we are as wise as gods, then we will die the death of the uncircumcised. If we don't need the Messiah, Jesus Christ, if we don't need His grace and mercy, if we don't value spiritual riches, if we don't love the gospel and the message of the cross, then we will sink like the HMS Hood or like the tank Titanic. We will die the death of the uncircumcised. In fact, congregation, hear this. Our condemnation will be far worse than that of Tyre. For we have a completed Bible. Tyre had knowledge of God and the gospel only through a relationship with Israel, only by their connectedness with Israel. Their knowledge was limited. Your knowledge, my knowledge, is so much greater, for you have the completed scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. And do you remember what Jesus said to the people of Capernaum in Matthew eleven twenty two? 22? If the mighty works which were done in you had been done in... Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. The proud city of Tyre would have repented if they had seen and heard the mighty words and works of Jesus. Congregation, you know those mighty words words and works. Our nation has had ample opportunity to know the words and works of the Lord Jesus, for we have the completed scriptures. If our luxuries, riches, beautiful homes, and technology make us proud, then we will be in a worse position than the city of Tyre in the day of judgment. We will sink deeper into the pit in eternity. What a powerful reminder this is to humble ourselves before Jesus Christ. 
turn to him and say, I am nothing. I have nothing. I need you. Scripture says God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Is there anyone here today who is resisting the gospel, the truth of God? Is there anyone here who is proudly ignoring the word of life? Ezekiel has a hard message for you. If you do not humbly repent, your grand ship will sink and you will die the death of the uncircumcised without grace, without Christ, without forgiveness, without hope, without heaven. I say to each and every one of you today, if you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, confess your need of Him, confess your need for the pardoning grace of Christ, you will be forgiven completely, freely, eternally. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Heed the warning. Embrace the gospel promises. Humble yourself under his mighty hand, and he will exalt you in due time. Those who humble themselves will be exalted through the saving love of Jesus Christ. God resists the proud, but gives grace, grace to the humble. Let us pray. Lord, as we read these chapters, it resonates with us because it describes so much of what we're living in today. Oh Lord, we're living in a culture that has largely believed the lies of the evil one, rejected your truth. We're living in a culture that is very successful wealthy, comfortable. We have every modern convenience, every luxury that previous generations wouldn't have even hardly imagined. But Lord our God, we see so much pride believing the devil's lie, you shall be as God. And Lord, some of that can live in our hearts also as the people of God. Even though we know the truth, arrogance dwell in our hearts. Humble us, Lord, while it is still the day of grace that we may be exalted in due time. Help us not to believe the lie that success and wealth, materialism, are the ultimate goal for us in this life. May we cherish spiritual treasures. We recognize, Lord, the need to live in this world and the need to provide for our families. But help us not to be caught up in the materialism that can often lead us away from you cause us to rely on our own smarts and skills and our own success. 
thank you that Christ came into this world to give us riches that are inexhaustible. Treasures that will never fade. Imperishable, incorruptible. Lord, may we examine our priorities, our life, what it is that drives us, and may we humble ourselves before you, servants of the living God, filled with gratitude for the eternal riches given to us in Christ. Receive our praises now as we conclude this service. Guard our hearts. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen.